I will shout this off the rooftop. I mean, whatever the cliche thing people are fearful of, whether it be, I don't know, oh, all women on set, would that be catty? Would that be too emotional? What if they all get their periods at oh, the same time? Ocean of blood. <laughs> no, I mean, I literally feel like I've never had to make, and look, of course, there's always, there's days where you're like, oh, they're having an off day. Right. I've never gotten home and said, God, I wish I hired a man for that job. Amen. Ever. Not Amen. once. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just stand by hiring women is you will you, you won't regret it, folks. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, man. Give uh, a shot to someone who has an underexperienced resume. Let them shine. Guide them if you need to. Get them there. I mean, I can't tell you how many female directors we had who had, you know, shorts on their IMDb page. And now I'm like, look at them. Yeah. It's insane. It's so cool. Yeah. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. First of all, thanks for being here. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Out. Yeah. You're about to go into a new season. Like, obviously, you've already filmed it, and it's but it's about to We're about launch to release. in the world. Yeah. How does that feel? feels really good. Yeah. You know, I kind of liken it to, you know, it's hard not to look back at all seven years yeah. when you're finishing something. That feels wild. Like, I it remember when it was deb- – I remember it debuting because as a working mom and as someone who rarely gets to see – women sort of lead out in media on streamers and movies and all of it it caught my attention for those reasons so it feels wild as an outsider that it's been truly seven years i know me too that's crazy (laughs) it's crazy i mean i i've said this before but like i i was like we'll get one season yeah because being raised in los angeles I i was so used to not seeing anything that i really loved yeah get more yeah. than one season. Yeah. And I knew this wasn't for the masses. At least that's what I thought. The irony is we've attracted masses I could never have yeah, fathomed. That's cool. Really cool. Yeah. But we, you know, I went into it thinking, all right, I'll get one season. So if I've just got one shot, how do I cram? Okay, that's cool. As many personal yes. stories into this. People will think I'm crazy and indulgent and all of the above and selfish, which I am, but fuck it. I'm just going to go yeah. for it. And it worked out. Do you feel like the success happened for that like was that something that factored in that was like I gave it everything I had it's you know Eminem you've got one shot right you gave it all to season one and then it ended up being so fantastic that people like give us more um first of all not my first time being compared to Eminem lots of mom spaghetti you know what I mean (laughs) Uh, but no we I mean sort of like we started season two and I opened the room and I'm like Fuck, I got nothing. I burned everything on season one, guys. How and then funny. The irony was the longer you are a mother, the more you know that stories will keep bubbling up. Your kids just get increasingly strange teachers and friends with new parents and work continues to get 
complicated with your responsibilities yes. as a mother's because yeah. there's more piano recitals and more, you know, it all, it's a rich world. Yeah. So it's, you can go on for a very long time. That being said, I didn't want to overstay my welcome. And yeah. at the beginning of season six, when we were in the room, I was like, what do you think, guys? And I was like, one more, two more. And we just sort of shaped it to the end of seven. I love that because I think we all know those shows that were like, probably should have, right. we should have wrapped that sooner. And right. it's nice when it's actually thought out. Yeah. Because I think too, if you love a show and then all of a sudden it's suddenly not there and you're like, wait, you didn't wrap up anything we needed to know because you were kind of putting it off forever. Well, and in their defense, a lot of the times they're just canceled, yeah. right? You're <laughs> they, just they like, They had oh. no choice, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. A character goes upstairs with a plan, we never see him again. <laughs> right. Or it just made me think of Lost when they were, right, and they were like, oh, we had no, we didn't oh, know, we, there was no, we didn't know no it was plan. in the hatch. Like, we didn't know why we put that, we just were like building the plane as we were flying Does it. that make you angry? Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Still had a great time. Right. I mean, there right. were a lot of hanging chads in that that I sort of wish we had yes. wrapped up, but it's yes. okay. It's been 20 years. We can all move on someday. One day, um, yes. Yeah, right. How did you get to the very first, like, you're greenlit, you have a show, you're doing this thing in a, what at the time you thought and maybe executives thought was a niche category? There's so few working moms in the world. I'm sure no one will relate to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was kind of crazy making, right? We had... Uh, got pregnant, had a child, and I never thought I was going to be a mom. My husband basically <laughs> convinced me. Oh, wow. He was like, I promise I'll have your back. You can do this. I was a largely out-of-work actress at the time, and we decided to have a kid, and thank God, because Jackson, both of my kids are the best. How old is Jackson? Jackson is turning 10 this summer. Mm, my Jackson's 16, so. Oh, my God, you yeah. have a teenager? I you're do. a teenager. No, you're very kind. You're very. I did have a baby very young because wow. culturally that's what, you know, my family's Southern. That's what we do. We get married and we have babies. So great. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, why didn't I do that? I mean, now I'm like in a nursing fantastic. home trying to raise a teenager <laughs> over here. It, it's fantastic now. At the time, it was so overwhelming. I and can't I, imagine. And I, I do envy mothers who can wait more time than I did. Right. Because I hope that with more time, you know yourself better. And I had to kind of learn myself while trying to keep another human alive. Oh, my God. And that that felt pretty daunting. That's a nightmare. Yeah, it was. And still is, I guess, in a lot of ways. And by the way, it's never not a nightmare. Yeah. Like, I'm still learning stuff with, I have a six-year-old. Me too. And Oh, really? Yeah. I have so many kids. You name an age, I got one. <laughs> I How really many kids do. do you have? Four. You have four I children know, and I you know. look like... This? You are very kind. Thank no, I'm you. being just no, honest. very kind. Um, but yeah, I don't. Every person I tell, especially in LA, when like, how many kids? And I say four. They're like, that is an interesting an life choice. Number. Yeah, wow, that's number. a lot. I've got two, and I'm like, I'm mm -hmm. at capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, six year old is a boy or a girl? I got or, two boys. Okay, how about you? Two boys. You probably have, have one of everything. I got them all. I've got three boys, and the baby is she's six. She's of course, a girl. she is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is she running the show? Oh, yeah. She's a nightmare. Yeah, she course. is a holy terror nightmare. Of course. Who will be president probably someday. No doubt. Like, she's so strong-willed. And I, you know, do a lot of therapy her. about it. I'm like, oh, okay. The universe gave you yourself. Well, and then there's that, right? Yeah. You do get that kid mm -hmm. that we, my husband and I both have one. Oh, cool. One boy per. <laughs> nice. That's our like, right. you know, symbol looking into the reflection. Yes. Being like, who am I? Oh, that's, that's who I am, huh? <laughs> that's why I'm a nightmare. So we definitely have our challenge kids. Okay. That are directly tapped into right. all of our issues. How long did it take you to figure out that that's what it was and not that you were a terrible mother? Well, 
That's a great question. Um, it's still ongoing, to yeah. be honest, yeah. because the more situations they get themselves into, I've just started to publicly speak about, and I mean, as of yesterday, my youngest guy has pandas. Oh, which I've I don't know if you've ever have you I've heard, of, heard it? of it, but tell me what it is. It's nuts, man. It's um, so it's an acronym, pandas, uh, pediatric autoimmune neurological disorder associated with strep throat. Sorry, neuro uh, neuropsychiatric disorder. So basically, they get strep throat, and the strep is so brilliant, it does something called molecule mimicry. I promise you, I'm not smart. I just looked this up, and. The strep pretends, it's got a costume on pretending that it's a molecule, but in fact, it's invading your system without oh being acknowledged by your immune system. And it's invading your serotonin levels, so you can't be happy, and it basically makes you act a fool. So you act out. My kid has crazy symptoms, right? Like, And I, I use the term crazy right. delicately right. here. It's more that he's not himself. Mm. And, he's, and it's something that developed as he got older? No, so he's the six-year-old, right? right? So he had it in September, and we gave him antibiotics. And this was after, like, being suspended from school because the school had never heard about it. Wow. And we were like, we thought, oh, God, our lives are over. This is going to be, like, a full shutdown situation. He needed all hands on deck. And, like, uh, extreme um, separation anxiety, uh, some OCD qualities that weren't like him. That's not who he is naturally. So all these qualities came out. It was a disaster. And they took antibiotics and it was like back to him. And we were like, what was that? Yeah. Oh, well, thank God that's in our rearview mirror. Right. And then literally this week, he started acting weird like for him, out of character. School commented on it. And now the school is like, I think it's back. And we're like, I don't know. Right. Can it come back like that? Right. He got strep tested, positive. It's back. Wow. So we're in a roller coaster. And yeah. I've never heard anyone speak about this. Yeah. I've definitely heard of it, but I didn't know how it showed up for sure. Yeah, it shows up in strange, odd ways, and it tests you. But you were just asking, does it make you feel like a bad parent, or are you just getting a reflection of yeah. your issues? Yeah. And I do feel like my husband's looking directly at him, being like, there, are, there, there is something here in my DNA that I have yeah. to learn about, yeah. not that pandas is. But it's, it's never-ending. Well, and it's so it's like these things we never imagine we're going to deal with as parents. Yeah. No, you you never think if there's all the stuff you worry about, right, right? When they're little, like I used to have such debilitating fear of SIDS. It was like my greatest right. that like they were going to suffocate in the night and I wouldn't know it and I I wouldn't be able to sleep because I was so scared something was going to happen to them. And you make it past these stages that right. you think are going to be scary and then it's not ever the stuff it's the stuff that you didn't no. see. It's the stuff that you never thought of or that you would even know I a lot of times will be like, <laughs> I wouldn't say this to them, but I'm like, they're acting like a jerk today. Yeah. They're being a jerk. Like so they're they're in a jerky mood and my kids right. are jerks. And then if I take a step back and I actually, you know, act like an adult, I'm like, okay, but why? What's going on? What's, What's happening? What's so in those moments when he was acting out of character, yes. it, if it was my kid, it would never occur to me that it was something like strep. Oh, never. Right. Never. So even like we'll get into a fight over something where I'll be like, no, you have to turn the TV off in the dinner time, whatever. Yeah. And he'll go so ballistic over it when he's in his panda's place, which is so not like him. Yeah. I mean, he's a willful kid, but this is not him. 
where I'm finding myself and it's starting to test me and now right. I'm being triggered. Right. And I have to be like, no, 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 I'm a grown-up that doesn't have pandas. Yes. <laughs> I am not allowed to go. Yeah, go there with yes, you. Yes, exactly. But it's also hard, too, of when you're exhausted, when you're when it's the end of a long day, when it's all of these things, like my my daughter is my most strong-willed child and she is adopted. She has a lot of, um, I was there when she was born. Like I cut her umbilical cord. I have, Wow, yeah. you did yourself? I cut the umbilical oh, cord myself. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're serious. Yeah, no, it was a whole, they were like, you want it? And I was like, sure. But Can I she, why? It, why'd you want to? Because with- This the, is your fourth one, This is my fourth with- well, she, so I wasn't giving birth to her and I had given birth to my three sons and right. I didn't get to do any of like their dad had cut their cords. So they looked at me and they said, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I'll try. I yeah. mean, what, this feels like an interesting, and in retrospect, it is very energetically interesting of like, I literally cut right. the cord between her and her biological mother, which I right. feel all kinds of ways about, but she has a lot of anxiety around um, scissors. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And she has a fear of separation. She's oh, a separation yeah. anxiety. And you think it's the scissors? I don't think it's the scissors. I think it's adoption. Oh, I yeah. think that it's regardless of the fact that she was raised from the second she came into this world by us in a loving family with three older brothers and all of those things that's in you. Like yep. you have been removed from the most sacred union you had. Right. There's no way that doesn't affect you. Sure. So bedtime is Oof. very difficult. And I'm the only one who can put her to bed because I'm the only one she wants to put her to bed. I know this game. And I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm exhausted. What time's bedtime for you? Uh, 7 p.m. we go up. We go Love up it. at 7 p.m. because I'm it. like, that it's going to take 30 minutes. And this is only because so you have a 16-year-old through three? Through six. She's oh, six. six. Yeah. So yeah. who are you putting down? I, I'm putting Noah down. She's my daughter. She's six years old. Everyone else fun for themselves. Everyone else. Old fends, enough. Yeah, old enough. Even the 10-year-old, I'm going to hug him. We're going to good night. I love you. But he will go upstairs by himself and go to bed, brush his oh, teeth, God. do the thing. Oh, yeah. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. <laughs> 
They're my trained. 10-year-old is still yeah. reading. Well, we are spooning. He's the oldest, though. He's the oldest. The 10-year-old? Right? Isn't he your oldest? Oh, my oldest. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So mine's my third. Man, he's got a, you know, he's there's survival. a- survival. We yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. You got a routine. You got to get in this game. We got- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tired. You've had your time. And now it's so- oh, no, I should be taking whole, notes. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole process bedtime. And even then, it's- I lay with her every night. For how long? Uh, five minutes now. We've got it down to That's five great. minutes. It used to be until she fell, to, fell asleep, which was, you know, I'm like up here Who's for an hour. For Who's got time? So on the one hand, I'm like, well, maybe someday we look back and you're like, oh, I really miss those. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, a lot of nights, I'm just so tired. No, of and I don't, I don't want. So trying to be a good parent in those moments when you're like, I don't have anything left for me let alone for you right now. I keep talking to my friends about this, about this whole selfish thing, you know, and I used it earlier, but it's like this phrase that's got these negative connotations because there is some, someone, someone waved a wand at some point and said that we were just going to get pregnant at five years old like you right. and give birth right. and be instantly maternal. Yes. And know how to just flip the switch that was the person we were in college right. that was developing and nurturing ourselves towards some sort of dream job. And that's just not the way it is. It's not that way. I'm not that way. No I way. still am like, I still, and I find myself leaning on music that I was listening to more in my developing years because it reminds me. Of her. Of her. Yeah, that's And rad. when I'm with my kids sometimes, it's really easy to forget that because you naturally have to be incredibly selfless just to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get through bedtime. Yeah. I have a, I will like scoot my soapbox over about this. The word Bring selfish and how it is used to control women. Yes. Because it is impossible to be selfish in a vacuum. Meaning if it was just you by yourself, you're not worried about making choices for yourself to take care of you, to feel good, to choose items you like, to live a life that feels great to you. Selfish is only something that matters Labeled. if- a label is applied to you. Yes. And the opposite of selfish is selfless, which, yes, as a mom, you absolutely, you're like, you're literally giving your life force to somebody else. But at the same time, why would any of us want to go through life without a sense of self, without autonomy over our choices and what makes us happy and how we show up in the world? But that's what you're supposed to do to be a good mom. And how can you be a good mom if the kids that you're literally here to raise are watching someone who's not being a true person? Right, right. So how do you manage that? Like you personally, how do you carve out pieces of yourself or her or who you used to be with who you are? To, like how do these things come together? I mean, it's a really complicated yeah. answer. But I mean, it's doing this show. So the quick origin story is that I gave birth. I went back to work too quickly. I went back to work six weeks when my, my Ooh, son was six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know I had postpartum depression because even 10 years ago, believe it or not, people weren't really 100% talking have about Instagram giving us a reel of That's someone right. explaining. Yeah, we didn't have it. That's yeah. right. There was no one saying it. Um, and in fact, I went to a mommy and me group where I was like, you guys are all failing, right? You're, <laughs> you're scared to drive. You're scared to drive with your kids. Everyone's scared. And no one was. They looked mm -hmm. at me like I was nuts. And there's a scene in the first episode of the series where – the character Frankie, played by the genius Gina Rinaldi, says, you guys ever drive and just wish that a car would hit you? Not to kill you, just to, you know, put you in a hospital for yeah. like 10 days, yeah. brain dead vacation. Yeah. And I said that to this group of moms. And they looked at me like I was insane. And I shut down. I stopped talking about it. And at six weeks, 
when Jackson was six weeks old, I, I went back to work. I had this thing that was clearly eating me alive. And my husband said to me, you got to write this. you got to do something with this. Because we were watching tons of TV, tons of movies. We couldn't see a three-dimensional, flawed, working mother character anywhere. Not that it was of substance. Right. Yeah, because it's always like the hot mess, right? She's a hot... There's nothing good. There's no redeeming qualities here. She's just a mess and it's comic relief. Or she's and, like a nag, right? right? She's like the wife character. Or it's so broad that I don't relate to her. Right, right. So... We, I wrote eight pages of something. We shot it with our friends. It was universally passed on in America. It's always the way. Took it to Canada because I'm a dual citizen. My parents are Canadian. Okay. And sold it to the CBC, specifically Sally Caddo. Shout out. My fairy godmother who watched the sizzle and was like, we're making this. We're making this for 13 episodes. Wow. Changed my stars. And the other crazy detail is I found out the day before that green light that I was pregnant with Liam. My little panda. So uh, pregnant, like, were you planning to get pregnant? Yeah. No, ma'am. I have one of. I have. I have one of those. Well, I should well. think so. When you yeah, have sixteen yeah. it children, just keeps going. Well, sometimes right. you plan. Yeah. Sometimes you don't. You're just yeah. having fun. Sometimes you're like, okay, and we're and again, <laughs> and we're in it. Wow. About ten follow ups from the things that you just said. Yes, yeah, sorry, uh, I vomited so, a no, lot. No, you didn't. I'm just excited, and just know I'm not going to go in a linear fashion. Thank God. But I fucking love this because. I am obsessed with this idea that we are not represented. So everything I do, every piece of content I make, back in the day in 2008 when I was blogging about casserole recipes to this day when I make podcasts and write books, everything I do is for one person. It is for a mom in her 30s or her 40s or even her 50s. It is for these women. It's me. It's you. It's, they're never the hero. They're never the hero of stories, and they are the hero of life. We, do, we literally produce the next generation. We take on all of this silent work. We manage teams. We do the thing. We show up. I love men. I'm raising three of them, but it's so different for us, and yes. it's never shown. And when it's shown, it's shown in ways that make fun of it, right? but don't really show the truth of the story. So when you're talking about this idea of like, do you ever dream of getting hit by, hit by a car? Yeah. Just like, I wish I could just, could I just go in a coma? I don't want to miss out on life, but if I could just sleep for a couple of weeks. You a vacation. Just, and, yeah. and even saying that is so awful, but do you know how many people resonate with that? So I now do. Yeah, because that's <laughs> the thing is like, you being willing to tell that truth then allows the rest of us to exhale. Right. It allows the rest of us to go, oh, God, thank, thank you. It's not just me. Yeah. I just wrote a chapter about this for the next book about how like labor and delivery and having babies and postpartum, yes, is beautiful and yes, is amazing and also has a lot of trauma wrapped up in it. You bet. And we don't talk about that. And right. we definitely don't tell it to the next generation of mothers. So when you start to feel things like postpartum depression, when you start to... I have a friend, when she had her first baby uh, in the birth canal, his heart rate dropped mm. and they had to use forceps on her mm. and she ripped, they ripped her from her vagina to her anus. Fourth degree tears. All right. Horrific. Yeah. Baby was fine. She's literally scarred no, emotionally and that. physically no. for life. Yeah. But she doesn't, you know, talk about that because she's a good mom. And you're, you know, it's supposed to be the baby and he's perfect, whatever. And I remember 
when he was a few years old that then her husband was like, when do we have another kid? Oh. When do we have another kid? Like, there, there's no acknowledgement. And that's just one tiny story. There are millions. And it's hard for each of us in our own way. But I don't feel like enough people say, this is brutal sometimes. My God. This is brutal. And if it's brutal for you, it's okay. It's normal. This is, yes, a decision we make to to be able to have these babies, and, and we're so grateful for them. And saying that it's hard for you doesn't mean that you're not grateful for the experience. That's it's right. just authentic. That's right. I mean, there are so many extraordinary moments in our life that have trauma in them. Yeah. Why aren't we allowed to identify this one as? Right. And I think it goes back to that whole selfish thing. Yeah. I think it goes back to this is something that we're supposed to do relatively quietly. I mean, we're literally drugged just to keep it quiet. Right? And, You're so right. And then we're supposed to get through it as quickly as possible. We don't discuss it. When's the last time you went to a dinner party where moms are talking about the lack of sleep or the, you know, it's just, it's not deemed pleasant conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I can't tell you, I mean, working moms has so many moments that are deeply awkward in it. And they all come from truths, not all mine, some from writers in the room. And I have so many strangers, so many relatives. The, I the, bet. Look, the majority of people feel seen and are incredibly complimentary. I'm really, really lucky. I mean, there's trolls, but few and far between is the truth. Yeah. They're usually talking about my mouth or something that makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> the show itself, they they love. Yeah. But there have been like, you know, an uncle here and there. Or my husband's family. Not, not My husband's family is actually largely huge fans, but, you know, extended bunch. Right. Who will comment on like... Why make that scene? Yeah. Or what's the point of it? Even, even the nudity I do in the first second. Yeah. Which is so symbolic for me about what the show is all about. And them commenting on, like, my nudity was for them as opposed to for me. Wow. Being able to control my own nudity. Like, there was no, no consideration of that. It was purely just, wow. why would you want to put that out there? And it's like, why am I putting any of this out there? Yeah. For this exact conversation. Yeah. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. The fact that anybody else thinks that they get an opinion on why you choose to do that is the problem. Sure. Right? Like, but I wanted to. It was my art. It was my creation. It was That's the right. thing that I felt like doing. It was my body. You didn't have to watch it. You don't have to look at it. And this sort of becomes a bigger conversation about how many ideologies and narratives and stories are put on mothers about how they're supposed to be, how they're supposed to show up in this world, what makes a good mom, and her kids being a reflection of her, like how your kids are behaving at school or how they're interacting with others somehow is like oh, yeah. your worth. Oh, yeah. And we all buy into it. Like, because there is not another example or because you haven't seen another example of, no, no, we're all flawed and we're just trying our best and, you know, your kid's fine. Like, they're fine. Yes. We're so hard on ourselves about getting it right. It's and so true. I just got an email before we sat down and did this that one of my kids had a great day and I felt higher than a fucking kite. <laughs> I was like, oh, you did good, Catherine. Like, it has anything to do with right? me. Anything oh to do with gosh, me. Right. But his wins are my wins. Yes. And his losses, I should have done something. You know what? I shouldn't have given him that breakfast. I, I shouldn't have. I know. know. It's so silly. It's like, okay, this is very random, but my daughter has beautiful hair, beautiful, very curly hair. She doesn't get it for me. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. She doesn't get it for me. Um, but this gorgeous curly hair. And her hair is a reflection of how I'm doing as a mom. Okay, and speak this, to that. Okay, so this is like goes to some super deep, crazy level. I'm working it out in my own therapy internally. Sure. So I was raised in a Pentecostal family, okay. which is deeply religious. And weirdly, in the way that I grew up, they cared a lot about hair. So they didn't embrace women having makeup, but they care your hair would be perfect. Yeah. So the women would go to the salon and get their hair done. And my mom would do these elaborate braids and ponytails and whatever. And she would do my hair multiple times a day to make sure that it looked perfect. Wow. That's and a lot of pressure on you. A lot of pressure. And I have a very tender head. 
So most sweetheart. memories of my childhood are me sobbing. Oh, sweetheart. And my mom saying, and like we've talked about this, and she's like, oh. But she would say, it takes pain to be beautiful. Oh, boy. It takes pain to be yep, beautiful. Right. And she would do my hair and I would cry and whatever. Oh, fuck. Now I have a daughter who has this gorgeous lion wild mane, hair. wild. Yeah, and yeah, she's yeah. a wild child. She doesn't want beautifully coiffed girls. It's Tell crazy. Tell me you let her be nuts with I that I do, mane. but every time I see see it i'm like Ugh. it goes so deep. she facetimed me before we started today she facetimed me and literally my niece had picked her up from school and her hair is cuckoo wild yeah and she's like mama she's like so happy to talk to me and i'm like baby and we're talking and all i'm thinking is like they're gonna think i'm the worst mom ever because her hair's bad but all the little girls at school have crazy of hair course, now. it makes it's the thing. no it's not rational no, no, no. Right, this right, is right. my own internal stuff like i let she's at the age now at six she dresses herself right. she does her and she's real she's very into a low pony because love that, that. no nonsense wants, no nonsense but i'm like you get a lot done with a low pony. right a low pony you could do a lot or you look like a woodworking apprentice in the 1700s <laughs> but I'm just like trying to let her be who she is. But then it's the internal therapy of like, how on earth do you think her hair is a reflection of your parent or your worth as a woman? Like, Oh, dude. Oh, dude. I can, I can so match you on this. So I've got an unusual mouth and it's been unusual since the day I was goddamn born. <laughs> and my boys, not one, but both have it. Oh, wow. And I find myself both trying to like, Tell them, like, your mouth is beautiful, right. even though deep down, I don't believe that. I believe my mouth is crazy. <laughs> That's why I said, oh, wow, because I was like, the universe really gives us an opportunity to work Boy. through our shit, man. But literally, <laughs> the other day, we're having breakfast, you know, some sloppy-ass oatmeal breakfast, and my little guy says to my big guy, can you eat with your mouth closed, Jackson? And before he can answer, I go, it's very hard for him, but he can try and I'm like, and my husband looks at me and I'm like, sorry, no, we can all. It's just the way, it's the literal design. There's just logistics. You've got to, Jackson, try to eat with your mouth closed. But it was like, I finished that breakfast and I'm like, I've got stuff. I've got yeah. some unresolved things now just with the boys yeah. and how yeah. they're going into the world because they're definitely getting mocked for it at school. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, look, this is going to be your superpower. Right. People are going to say things. Right. And your job is to metabolize that and make the stuff coming out of that mouth awesome. Right. <laughs> right. That's a great way to look That's at it. That's the plan. It. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of like the things that we get passed down from family of origin or parents or whatever. So my mom was a model. Okay. And does not have my mouth as this isn't very hireable. Stop well, it. Well, it became hireable in 2000 yeah. something. But you know, in my mom's day and age, I mean, she's literally like a flawless little French Canadian woman. And my father's got this. Yeah. Yeah. And I have her lips with his teeth and jaw line up. Um, but I had a jaw surgery when I was 14 years old. Oh, wow. Because I was one of those kids. You ever seen those people with like the little dot chin? Because their oh, the lower, jaw, lower jaw was receding. Oh, no. So my lower jaw, when I was very little, I looked lined up. And then each year, my lower jaw was receding. Oh, wow. So it became more and more, uh, my overbite became more severe. Got it. Until eventually it was actually putting pressure on my brain. So when I was about 14, uh, trigger warning, they broke both jaws, Whoa. moved it up, wired it shut, and my mouth was wired shut for a year. 
No way. I hear now they do it and like your mouth is wired shut for like a week. I mean, it's... Wow. Which I'm really grateful for because I'm sure both of my kids are going to have to have it. But as a result of it, I can now chew and not get exhausted. My teeth are lined up. Wait, what did that... Do you have memory of that time and yeah. like how... Oh, yeah. did, was there trauma in that? Was there... I don't remember it as a trauma. I remember feeling really desperate and really lucky. Oh, because it got to the place where it was so, okay, I both looked it. visually uncomfortable and I was physically uncomfortable. Okay. okay, So I was very grateful for it. And... How did you eat? Through a straw. Through a straw. Your, your liquids are through a strainer for the first, God, I can't remember, a while. So it's like broth for a while. Holy And smokes. then you move to Ensure. Shout out to Ensure. I swear <laughs> this isn't a sponsorship. Yeah. Um, but just like life. a weight gain yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Because I was pretty teeny. And then, you know, eventually you go into soft foods. I had tricks, though. My tongue became really strong because I would snick. They, they, they adjust. I've never talked about this in an interview, so this is fascinating. Perfect. I'm sure your viewership's like past. No, no. Um, this is my fate. I'm like, follow the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's fascinating to me. Well, they switched from wires to rubber bands at some point. Okay. And at that point, that's yeah. when I just got, I was clever as a cat. I would just get food and sort of Go in between the rubber right. bands and use that tongue to just right get it get it done get it yeah. done and yeah. smash it up. I don't blame you. Did you grow up? Oh, you said you grew up around here. I grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. My parents were Canadian, but I grew up in Los Angeles. And um, yeah, I mean, it was at that point I was you know not seeing the world for like six months. I was really in lockdown because your whole face balloons up. Wow. But the results were wonderful. I, oh, I feel wow. much more comfortable now. I've got like 24 screws, little titanium screws. You set off the alarm at the airport? Always number one question, no. Okay. But whenever I get an x-ray, like I went to get my teeth cleaned this week and they did, I was due for x-rays. And when they, there's always a moment where the doctor's like, oh my. Yeah. Okay. okay no, this is meant to be? Yeah. Okay. Yes. You wanted that there. You okay, wanted great. Those great, there. great, great, great. Yeah. Okay. We got it. Did you ever consider being in any other industry, like growing up here and having this family with so um, much history behind No, them. I yeah. always wanted to get laughs. I really wanted to get laughs. I really wanted to be a storyteller, and I didn't know how that was going to metabolize exactly. As a child, were you the same way? Yes. Like you wanted. And um, what? what's your birth order? Middle child, mm. big brother, little sister, little sister adopted, shout out. Oh, nice. Um, and love you, Carolyn. <laughs> and I was little middle child and class clown. Yeah. And like the court jester of the house. Okay. So if there was any tension ever, I was like, ugh, doing everything exhaustingly possible. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. A lot of tap dancing to yeah. get people laughing to get it loose. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Harder to like- do with a mouth wired shut, but right. you find a way. But you'll find that tongue was so strong. <laughs> yes, that yeah. tongue was so strong. <laughs> do you feel like you still have that in you? Like, are you still the person who oh, wants to yes. relieve the tension? I'm now yeah. doing it in my my new family. Okay, my uh, yeah. my husband and kids. I yeah. find myself like, hey, being guys, like, look over okay. Here. Yeah, if there's tension, oh, God, I'm doing backflips. Yeah, yeah, a puppet shows up, like, hi, guys. Yes, it's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Let it live. Let people right. be in the moment. Right. Why do have, I got to do that? Have you explored that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a gift of it. A hundred percent. Greatest a strength gift. is our greatest weakness. Exactly, and there's good intention behind it, but sometimes it doesn't serve others, and most of the time it doesn't serve me. Yeah. Well, I think... If we can't live in the tension of these moments at home or, you know, these these smaller moments of tension, it's much harder to live with them in in the workplace and when you're in a position of leadership, when you're trying to like, because that's going to come with those like totally. hinky, awkward, what are we going to do? How are, you know, how will and the irony is in my workplace, I am bringing to life those tension moments without interrupting and tap oh. dancing. I'm like, you know what I want to show? 
this moment. And then I'm not tap dancing. I'm sitting in it like a character. And it's like I... It's like I've got this opportunity to like to relive it to re- do a reenactment wow. of these moments and not tap dance and not make it better. Have you had any moments where you shot something that it was cathartic then to have that every episode, every episode, every fucking episode? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Is it ever like this? Is how I wish I would have handled it in the moment. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's that Larry David thing where I get to say the things I didn't get to say. Yeah. But also, usually when Larry De- David says that, it reverberates and there's a disaster as a right, result, right? He right. gets in trouble. or yeah. So it, it usually leads to very entertaining story. Um, but the people pleaser in me won't do it. Yeah. In yeah. real life. Yeah. I brought you away from the subject, which was very interesting. And I want to circle us back Come to on back. you're in Canada. Yes. You get greenlit for 13 episodes. Yes. Had you ever done anything at that scope before? Did you ever no. let? Okay, so what was that process like? I was pregnant, two days pregnant, oh, <laughs> like God. a week pregnant. No big deal. Um, terrifying. I mean, I ran a writer's room for the first time, and I always liken it to like my baby and my show grew up at the exact same pace. Like they were on parallel paths. I white knuckled it through that first kid, right? Just like trying to do everything and trying to control everything. And then by season two, you have this toddler who kind of knows who she is. Yeah. And she's walking and telling you when it's funny and when it's not funny. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's graduating, you know, seven seasons later, and I have to step back and go, people have turned it into their own story. They've connected with it in a way that's much more meaningful than anything I could have ever done. That's cool. And that's really cool. And you have to also, like, accept that it's, she's going to go and move on. Yeah. And I have to move on. Yeah, how does that feel? Like Really good. Yeah. Right now it feels really good. Good, good. Like, I think okay, there's we're... moments of, you know, oh, man, I, I hope I still get to talk about it. Mm, yeah, of course, forever. Right? right? You yeah. hope so. There's so much content out there. Absolutely. And then there's moments where I'm like, it's so, like right now I'm developing two other things and it's so fun to break new worlds and find new characters that aren't the same characters from the ones I've been dealing with for yeah. the last seven years. Is there some trepidation in that of like, oh, what if it doesn't work oh, again? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the lessons I learned, the great news about not having one season getting canceled and starting again is I learned so much in the last seven years I about, bet. A, how much I don't know until I get to post, and uh, that's where we edit the show together, and also that as long as it's authentic and means something to me, it's probably going to mean something to someone else. That's cool. Yeah. So tell me about that, uh, what you don't know until you get to post. So are you finding things in the <laughs> editing process that you're like, ooh, we should have done that differently? Oh, yeah. Like all the are, time. Yeah. Um, Lines or both. I mean, okay. whether we, you know, usually it's, you know, did we write something that made so much sense in the room and then you get to the floor, meaning you get to shooting it with the actors and the crew and Usually that's the first step where you go, okay, well, that that made a lot of sense in our imagination, but now we're playing it out. The set actually looks like this. Your costume is bold. Mm-hmm. We've got a tweak. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the edit where you're like, it made so much sense when we had, you know, originally conceived of it. And now it doesn't play for whatever reason. And how do you manage that? Like, do you edit it out? Do you do reshoots? I'm not sure how TV works. I've done both. Okay. Sometimes you shoot something. And then the Harvey Weinstein issue comes up in real life, and you've got a character that was problematic. And you have to reshoot an ending where he has to learn a proper lesson. Mm. That's happened to us. And then there's just moments where you're like, oh, God, we didn't get the right coverage. And we've done everything from just lose the whole scene to recutting it in a way where 
It makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So those rewrites in real time, like when the world's happening around us, yeah. you know, something like Me Too, and you're like, okay, <laughs> we have to flip this and make a different decision. And yep. does that feel exciting and like empowering in that moment? Or does that feel like, oh God, if we rush something like this, are we going to do it in the wrong way? Or like, I'm not afraid that- of the rush anymore just because everything is rush. Mm. Always concerned that, my God, I hope we're executing this properly. Less scared of that, I guess, only because I can see until it's live on Netflix or wherever your streamer is, like it, there's so much time to respond. Meaning we can do a lot with very little. Yeah. So that's always given me a lot of, and my husband and I use that just in our day-to-day life of like, all right, we got to slow down to hurry up. Let's slow down. Let's take a breath. Three breaths. I bet you we have the, we have some clarity yeah. on what to do. That's good. So we've gotten, and I think that comes from production life. Slow down to speed up is so good. I had a, a sex therapist on on Monday. Love and it. her best, her number one best advice was uh, go five times slower. Yeah. She was like, if you want to have better sex, go slower. That makes sense. I know. I was like, that's actually really good for almost every situation in life. It's just I mean, less so with masturbation, maybe. Right. That you feel like you've got. You just gotta like, find your pace. Yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds in and out. You, you've got. Mm, you, you. Maybe know that's what more you about consistency. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Sex, yeah. you're right. Five times five slower. Five times slower. She yeah. She about. also um, gave me a bag of like lube and vibrator and all that. And it's just sitting, it's exactly where it was. Cause I'm Love like, that. I, all right, uh, here is the, I'm like. I cannot wait to hear the story about your six-year-old being like, I found an I Easter found egg. This. And you're like, what no, is that this is, thing? I'm like, that goes in your butt. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't touch that. We don't want any part of that. No, That's ma'am. in the special bag. Leave yeah, it alone. Special bag. Just leave it right where it, it just is. Just put it in the safe, man. Yeah. So moving on to your next projects, do you feel like you have the same energy and intention because this this one kind of like not magically occurred but like it almost sounds like maybe you weren't anticipating after it gets denied by everybody and then you have this fairy godmother right so do you have the same sort of like I guess it's reverse magic where no one had ever seen any proof of concept with me right that I was worth investing in Mm. so all I knew was no and so the yes big Oh like, yeah, I'd, I'd acted in a few things, but I'd okay, never that's really created anything. Fucking cool! It's that's. I mean, I really cool. I won the lottery. What? Well, you worked how many decades to get to a place where you won the lottery? My husband always <laughs> says that you may have won the lottery in season one, but by season seven, right? Yeah, you work for the lottery. Yeah, exactly. You are the. Lottery. You are the lottery. But that, I mean, I feel okay. Forgive me if I'm wrong, mm. but did you feel any as you're? Let's say you're going through this process. You're a working actress. You're trying to find your. You're right. trying to find this moment, right? And maybe you're looking at other people that you grew up with, other people that you know, friends of yours. Because if you grow up in this town, I feel like you probably know people in the industry. Are you seeing other people have success and thinking like, what the fuck? Like, where's my moment? Do you ever have that? No. Okay, um, that's so I definitely, I mean, I was in Santa Barbara at 15 on. Okay. Which is a very actual, like it's a beautiful small town that absolutely has industry people in it. But most of the people I grew up with, I mean, it's not that they're not successful. They absolutely are. But they're not a – I was more in, like, comedian circles. Mm. And we were all just busting ass trying to, Got it. you know, get an inch here. We were just excited to get a pilot. And so the trajectory for most of us was, all right, well, audition. We probably won't get the pilot. But if we do – it probably won't get picked up for series. If we if that happens, it's not going to get a second season. So I was so far back on this trajectory that was you have 13 episodes 
and then it's greenlit and then it goes on for seven years. Yeah. Like I'm still like, what the? Yeah. How did that happen? But to answer your initial question, which was, are you nervous about that? Are you, because of the magic that happened with working moms, I think what's so wild to me now is the amount of people, thanks to working mom success, who are going, hey, you want to do this here or you want to do that there? Cool. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Where were you eight years ago? And now I'm like, okay, now I have to be really smart because if I am lucky enough for this to go for more than five years, I I know the time it takes. I know that it takes me away from my children, one of them who clearly has a neuropsychiatric disorder. Mm, yeah. I know what it takes. So I'm trying to be really smart about the yeses. That is so, uh, not to sound dumb, it's a very smart way to approach it. Well, and it. it also sounds very entitled, and I'm aware of that. I'm lucky. But but you, but, you, but it's it's knowledge that you've hard, you, yes. this hard-earned knowledge. Yes. And in this industry, uh, I'm going to equate this to like writing books, which is my world, or success in a podcast. Yeah. Uh, that when you have success, all of a sudden you get all the opportunities, right? It's a right. catch-22 that you're like, I need the success, I need the thing to get the thing, but I don't. And people are always asking, like, well, how do you get how do you get your family to believe in your dreams? I'm like, you prove yourself. Right. Okay, but how do you get more opportunity? You prove yourself. How do you, there is no other way that I know of, and you've done that. So you're experiencing the benefit of having busted ass for all of this time to get to the place where now these things are coming at you. And people who exist in a scarcity mindset, which is a lot of this yes. town will grab at everything because they're so terrified that it might not come again. So to slow down and go, wait, I just want to make sure that I'm smart about how I do this. Because to your point, what if it does work? Yeah. And what if this is what you have to do for the next 10 years? You better love it. That's right. If I'm lucky enough to do something for 10 years again, I want to love it. And I want to feel that it's not just funny or it's not just dramatic or it's not just thriller. It has to have that sticky thing that I connected with, with Merkin Moms, there was this moment of what's a human story that I haven't seen projected for women, because I want to tell women's stories. Absolutely. And how do I, how do I get on that train again? So the two things I'm, I have in development are both of that nature. Very cool. Yeah. I'm really hyper aware now more than ever of how few women get to be where you're at. Yes. And I don't just mean to do the work to get to the place that it's the percentage of women who are showrunners, who are writers, who are producers, who are directing, who are doing any of that is so freaking small. Yes. So every time I get to sit with someone, I'm just, I hope this does not sound weird, but I'm just so proud that they're, because you you fucking fight so hard to get that right. tiny little moment. And I would say this to anybody listening to start, especially as women, and the media we consume, to start paying attention to how often you actually see a woman's name it's in true. any of the... It's so minuscule. And it's like, we are over half of the world's population, and we're not telling the stories. I know. And if you're not telling the stories, then they're never going to be told in our unique ways, with our unique perspectives. Because chances are hypothetically, you're pitching that show to lots of people in town, and hypothetically, the people you're pitching to are men. Oh, yes. So are they going to get the jokes Or about- women who are more misogynistic than men because right. they're terrified of course. that the men will all of a sudden see them as women. Of course. Yeah. Of course. A lot of that. Yeah. So just like 
come, it's like really beautiful to get to talk to you as you're coming to the close of a chapter because it's Thank a you. close of a chapter that so few women get to write. It's true. Yeah. So it's a really I should cool. probably just go to a hilltop. Right. Just I get on an ice flow. That's and right. Just off into the sunset. Off into the sunset. <laughs> Sorry, kids. There it is. But I did it. Goodbye. <laughs> I did it. Goodbye. Oh my gosh. This has been this has been a real treat. And I'm for grateful. Me too. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm grateful that I got to sit with you. And I'm like, I'm so pumped for you. Thank you. Congratulations. I just feel like maybe I'm incorrect. But the way forward in these spaces has got to be with the very few of you who get to do this work to like band together. And maybe you already have this in your community. But it's, it's actually, I mean, yes, it's so it's something I talk about all the time because the generation and this might be controversial, but I believe the generation above us, while had to survive so much misogyny, so much hostility, mm -hmm. they had to sacrifice so much that they are, have in many ways, and I'm talking about the women, mm -hmm. have been a barrier to our success, this generation. And I don't think they've been doing it intentionally. I think they've been doing it because they are trauma survivors. Yeah. And as a result, they do not send the elevator back down, right. so to speak. Right. And for many of us who were raised by women like that or who know a lot of women who have worked for women like that, it's really tricky and it requires a lot of like I find it in myself where I'm like oh that comes from there yeah that is not what I am doing now right and I mean it's one of the reasons working moms is like 70 percent female crew it's just awesome. unheard of all of our key hires and it's something that I had to oddly fight for and I never felt I was making a compromise and I I will shout this off the rooftop I mean whatever the cliche Thing people are fearful of, whether it be, I don't know, oh, all women on set, would that be catty? Would that be too emotional? What if they all get their periods at oh, the same time? Ocean of blood. <laughs> no, I mean, I literally feel like I've never had to make, and look, of course, there's always, there's days where you're like, oh, they're having an off day. Right. I've never gotten home and said, God, I wish I hired a man for that job. Amen. Ever. Not Amen. once. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just stand by hiring women is you will you, you won't regret it, folks. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, man. Give uh, a shot to someone who has an underexperienced resume. Let them shine. Guide them if you need to. Get them there. I mean, I can't tell you how many female directors we had who had, you know, shorts on their IMDb page. And now I'm like, look at them. Yeah. It's insane. It's so cool. Yeah. It's so cool. <sighs> and it's so rare. It's so freaking rare and hopefully getting better. Someone told me recently, there was someone I was talking to who, this is a big part of her advocacy. She's a producer. And she was saying, like, it used to be enough that she could, she had a list always of female directors who were like ready to go, who were amazing, right. whatever. And she's like, it's not enough to have the list. It's also have the list and follow up and get details and notes. And what didn't you like about her? And how could we? And she's like, I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. But this is what it is. And I said, well, do you feel hopeful? Like, do you feel like it's getting better? And she's like, I do and I don't. I'm not seeing what I wish I was seeing in terms of women getting to write the scripts as much as they should or direct the films as much as they should. But we are seeing generations of women rise up as executives. Yeah. So that's getting better. And she's like, I just have this belief that if we had more women in those executive roles, that they start to make decisions like your fairy godmother that allow opportunity for women that they're not currently getting. You bet. That makes perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. 
obviously, where can we watch? Where can we watch the show? Ah, <laughs> Working Moms. <laughs> Season seven is dropping on Netflix April 26th. Yeah. Uh, and you will obviously find all the seasons there. Yeah. And if you're in Canada, CBC, CBC Gem. Are you on social? Do you want people to follow you? You have a website. Is any of that stuff uh, you feel great sure, about Sure, you can sharing? find me on Instagram, at rightcatu. Okay. R-E-I-T-C-A-T-O-U. Didn't make it easy for myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's my Twitter handle, too. Perfect. Yeah. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas, Register today at thisisils.org. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.